10. Jason Payne, Radio Sport Mornings, Radio Sport. Round 22 of the NRL done and dusted. It feels like the Warriors season might be done as well. Crichton goes streaming downfield, away it goes to Tupo, and Tupo streaks away, finally, finally he scores the try. So the one, the two, the three, the four, the five, and the six have all scored tries for the Roosters this afternoon. No goal, and so in the end the Roosters win the game. By 42 points to six. Yeah, so convincing. Let's bring in our Monday morning rugby league analyst, chief rugby league writer at the Sydney Morning Herald and the Sun Herald, Adrian Prezhenko. Morning, Adrian. Morning, Piney. I guess we might as well get the Warriors out, uh, sort of, you know, done and dusted early. Um, I just thought the golfing class between the Roosters and the Warriors yesterday was just a chasm. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, absolutely. It was 12-6 at half time, and Stephen Kearney's men probably thought that they were still in it with a chance, but um, yeah, absolutely. They uh, they turned their toes up in a second. Um, their semi-finals hopes were officially over, and you know, last night uh, showed that the, the Roosters, you know, the way they put it on, the Warriors would have been making up the numbers even if they had scraped in. So, you know, Latrell Mitchell scored 18 points. He outscored the Warriors all by himself, and um, you know, Teddy got the better of uh, RTS, and I thought that 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 try where um, Jared Warrior Hargraves off a, a tap restart passed it to Tedesco for him to score. I mean, when the season's on the line for to, to let in tries like that, it's just it, you know never going to play semi-finals for, football doing that. And in the end, it was a, an avalanche second half, six tries, thirty points, and um, yeah, Warriors will not be playing uh, late in September. That's for sure. The Roosters might, though. Oh, they will be. Uh, they might be playing right to the end. They might lift the uh, lift the the, the uh, silverware again. The Roosters are, are they? Do they now seem like Melbourne's most likely challengers? It looks that way. I mean, uh, no one's gone back to back since ninety two, ninety three, and just to win one comp, you've got to have all the the planets aligned. And for that for that to happen two years in a row would be something very special indeed. In the salary cap era, like you've you've got to go in with momentum without injuries. The good news is that um, it looks like the Roosters have, have got both of those boxes ticked. Um, they've now won five in a row. Uh, they're expecting some of their key players to return that have been injured, um, guys that have been on the sideline for a while, like Boyd, Boyd Cordner and Friend to come back. So it's um, it's it's looking pretty good for, uh, for the Roosters at the moment. All right, let's go through the uh, games that happened across the weekend. Friday night. Titans 12, Eels 36. Fourth straight win for the Eels. They're hitting form at the right time. Uh, the Titans have now lost a club record eight straight games. They were actually in this, though, weren't they? It was just 12-6 at half time. Yeah, I, I just felt that you know, Parramatta was doing enough. Um, you know, this is a game that they were expected to win. I, I think that they were probably looking to the weeks ahead. And, you know, in the second half, they put the foot on the gas. But um, yeah, Mitch Moses was, was very good again. He... Uh, up a couple of tries and, and just his game management, you know, has come such a long way over the past 12 months. So um, the Titans, unfortunately, that's that's the spoon for them. They're three wins behind the, the next worst uh, in the Cowboys-Dragons. So, um, you know, they've actually gotten worse, could you believe it, since <laughs> they sacked Garth Brennan. So, um, you know, if the club was expecting a reaction from the Titans, um, it hasn't happened or it certainly hasn't been a positive reaction. How do they rebuild on the Gold Coast, Adrian? Is this a thing that might take a couple of three seasons? There's no quick fix here, is there? Well, they don't have three seasons. I mean, Justin Holbrook's going to come in and he's going to have to get, you know, an improvement out of the cattle that he's got. And the, the difficult thing for him is is that 
while his side on paper looks like it's, you know, it's not the worst side in the comp, he's not going to be able to change it for a while. And, you know, a lot of guys there that are on, you know, big money or, or back-ended deals, and they just aren't performing. I mean, Ash Taylor's not even on the park at the moment. I mean, he, he's a million-dollar-plus player who, who, who isn't on the field, and you, you just can't afford to carry someone like him uh, on your books who's not even playing. So, um, yeah, he's he's going to have to get the best out of Taylor and a lot of other underperforming players if um, if they're to start climbing up the ladder. Broncos 24, Panthers 12. Important win this for Brisbane. Move them up to seventh spot. Uh, the Panthers uh, now outside the eight on points differential, uh, sitting there in ninth position. Uh, still by a, uh, <laughs> a pretty special individual try by, by Payne Haas. Yeah, big 40-metre solo effort from the big man who um, ran for, for 219 metres. Um, you know, the New South Wales prop, he, he saved a couple of tries as well. So took a, a very special play to, to um, seal out the game. But yeah, really disappointing from the Panthers. They missed um, 51 tackles. I mean, you can't win games or expect to play finals football with that sort of defence, and especially when there's so much on the line. So... Um, you know, they're still alive, but they'll need um, to, to win all of their games and for a couple of things to go their way. And for the Broncos, it, um, it sets it up really nicely because uh, Wayne Bennett will be up against his old club um, this week and, and he'll be doing so without uh, some of his better players too. So um, Jake Turpin's looking at two to three weeks on the sidelines for, uh, for his tackle on Dylan Edwards. Um, uh, Pangai Jr. is also looking at maybe three or four weeks on the sidelines for uh, for an incident that he was involved in. And um, you know, one of the replacement playmakers, Tom Dearden, is also um, out injured for the season. So it's going to be a bit of a patched up side for, uh, for, for Wayne, uh, for, for Brisbane, actually. Well, the Warriors weren't the only team to lose 42-6. Uh, the Cowboys did as well to the Knights. So the Knights finally won a game, Adrian, after six straight losses. Uh, Mitchell Pearce and Caelan Pong, a couple of tries each. Are they still a finals chance, the Knights? Again, they're going to need a lot of things to go their way, and they'll have to beat uh, the Tigers at uh, Campbelltown Stadium for that to happen. Um, and, and those two guys that you mentioned, the, the, the playmakers, Pearce and Ponga, uh, they did respond to criticism, and, and a lot of that criticism was warranted. I think people felt a bit uneasy uh, the week before when Ponga sort of after a bad loss was sort of, uh, you know, laughing and carrying on afterwards and talking to opposition players. Uh, that doesn't sit well with, with the fans, unfortunately, but he responded and Mason Leno scored 18 points. So, um, you know, they, they're still alive technically, but, um, you know, realistically, I, I still think that they'll probably miss out and, if they do sort of scrape in, they, they'll be uh, making up the numbers. They haven't been anywhere near consistent enough this season. Storm 18, Raiders 22. Incredible game, this. The Storm were leading 18-0. I think I might have read or heard that they've never given up an 18-point lead in the history of the football club, but the Raiders got there 22-18. They had guys in the bin for about the first half hour of this game. Incredible from the Green Machine. Extraordinary. I mean, when you're down 18 points, two men in the bin, as you mentioned, and you're playing Melbourne in Melbourne, um, you know, you, you pretty much think that that's Red Rover. But um, it's such an important win because, you know, the Raiders will now feel uh, that there'll be a belief as a result of this. They're now coming third. And um, it's the first time they've been a top four side this year as well. So they've, they've beaten the sides that they expect to, to um, beat, but uh, have struggled against the heavyweight contenders. And, all of a sudden now they'll believe that, yes, we can do it. So um, 
you know, they um, Craig Bellamy thought it, there might have been a little bit of complacency uh, when they were well ahead and maybe took uh, the foot off the gas in the second half. But um, a terrific win by the Raiders. Rabbitohs 6, Bulldogs 14. Dallin Watini Zalesniak's prediction is still alive, Adrian. That's three, three in a row for the doggies now. Eerily prophetic. Eerily prophetic. <laughs> Dallin Watini Zalesniak is onto something. So the, the dogs all of a sudden are, are one of the form teams of the competition. They've won three straight. They've won five out of their last seven. And if they keep going, they'll, um, they'll end up on 24 competition points, which... Uh, will be there or thereabouts the way um, all of the bottom uh, teams are losing. So um, there you go. Who would have thought it too? I, I just, you know, you didn't see this coming. And what a credit um, needs to go to Dean Pay for keeping his team up at a time when, I mean, their their finals hopes were well and truly extinguished about you know, six or eight weeks ago. And their biggest motivation was avoiding the spoon. But, you know, he's, um, you know, this foreign was on fire. Um, he, he's come back from calf and heart, hamstring issues and, Starting to build nicely for uh, for next year, and we know that they're in negotiations with some very good players. You've got Appy Corisau, Herman Essiesi, and Jesse Ramian that are on their radar. They can jag one or two of those guys, and all of a sudden things are starting to look up for the Blue and Whites next year. Final game of the round: Sharks eighteen, Dragons twelve. That uh, was enough to get the Sharks into the eight at the end of the weekend. Uh, they needed a, a late bunker call, I think, to to win this one. Yeah, this is um, a bit of a concern so close to the finals. The match-winning try to Bronson Jerry shouldn't have been allowed. and There was a knock-on by uh, Wade Graham in the lead-up, and Wade Graham actually admitted as much. He said, yeah, I touched it, which is, um, you know, it's that old cliche. You sort of talk about, you know, do you want that sort of a decision to decide a grand final? And um, not that uh, either of those sides are looking to be in it at this point, but, um, you know, the, the pressure's well and truly on the officials to... Uh, to get those things right. And the Sharks are now only two, uh, just outside the top eight. They've got the Warriors next uh, week. And, um, you know, Matt Moylan's likely would be missing, but if they win that game, they're, they're still in contention as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, just just a disappointing season for the Dragons. The, you know, Mary McGregor sort of lamented that, uh, that bunker decision and said that was the story of our season. But... Uh, there's, uh, there's still a little bit of hope for the Sharks, but uh, not the case for uh, St. Georgia or Warwick fans. Another round in the books. Adrian, thanks as always for wrapping some analysis around it for us. Have a great week and we'll uh, chat again next Monday. Terrific. Thanks, Piney.